All right. Welcome to Sex Talk Radio, a podcast that explores kink and sex through candid and curious conversations. Join me and expert guests in navigating the depths of desire, unraveling taboos, and celebrating the diverse expressions of sexuality. So today we are with my friend Bertini. Bertini Burton. You can clap. (laughs) (laughs) Bertini Burton is a sensual empowerment facilitator and the founder of Big Pussy Energy, Before founding BPE, Bertini traveled the world for eight years, leading her to be the first female deckhand on the reality TV show Below Deck Down Under. From empowering women on deck, below, or wait, (laughs) on deck, Bertini now empowers hundreds of women to embrace their sensual energy so they can live their most turned on lives. She hosts in-person experiences and online classes and has most recently launched an online community for women. She, you can learn more about everything she is up to by going to bigpussyenergy.com. Yes. Yes, girl. So, hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be. I love the pink. It's very on brand for both of us now. Yes. Yes. You are very just a pink personality. Thank you. Pink used to not be my color, but now I'm like, you know what? It's fiery. So let's do it. Yeah, girl. So let's talk about you and my favorite topic. (laughs) And, um, I think what led you to, well, maybe you could talk a little bit about your sexuality and sensuality growing up, high school, all of that, and then what led you to the, the reality show, and we'll, just, we'll go from there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so a lot, your whole life. Yeah, so. that's great. <laughs> Thank you. So I grew up um, with basically a single parent. Um, my dad was in the picture, is in the picture, but wasn't really a part of my life. Um, and my mom was really open with my brother and I about sex itself. She read us a book when we were, when I was five, my brother's three about sex, like a children's sex book to teach them. So sex was very open and for education, but you know, to be honest, sex and sexuality was very dormant in my household. Like my mom just, that wasn't Mm. part of her life. Um, it was just not something she expressed. I never, I've never seen her my whole entire existence with a man. So it was something that wasn't shunned or shamed. We weren't super religious either. Um, Where'd you grow up? Michigan, outside Detroit. Um, I actually grew up in a place where like, I grew up, you know, I'm Christian, but like, I'm not super religious, but being like a Christian was a minority. I grew up with a lot of mm. Jewish people. I grew up with a lot of Muslims. So like I grew up in an area where there was just so much diversity. Um, I actually went to Jewish summer camp for 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was a Jewish Fun. camp counselor. <laughs> so like I had, there was no like outside influence on sex, I would say other than like porn. Sure. Um, and I didn't really get into that until college. So I was a late bloomer in everything. My first kiss was when I was 16 at Jewish summer camp. Um, Shout out. And um, (laughs) yeah, my first like boyfriend was when I was like 22. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went through all of high school, all of college almost with no relationship. Um, And I think that's just a really big reflection on like what my role modeling was when I was Mm -hmm. uh, growing up. You and I have talked a little bit about that before with your mom. Like when, what does it look like when your parents don't show intimacy? Like just in general, not that you hadn't seen her. Well, and they don't even live together. So there was like no male Mm. and female. You didn't see her interact. So yeah, there was no interaction of any sort of flirtation. Like there was not even the energy of desire or flirtation. Mm that I experienced growing up. So it's, really it's, I'm a pioneer 
for me in this world. Obviously, yeah. like for a bigger me- meta, but like in my own life, like relationships, sex, sensuality, it's all my own. Like it's not because I've witnessed it. It's because I am curious about it because mm. I never experienced it. It's like we're all pioneers of the things we didn't get from our parents because <laughs> oh, we yeah. have no example for it. I mean, let's be real. Everyone that's doing, or I can blanket coat this, but most people who are <laughs> doing like a passionate like careers because that's their mm. weakest point. And I I will say that like sex and sensuality were and are in many ways my weakest like well it, it experience way for curiosity. Right. I would not curious. be this passionate about it if I was like, oh yeah, like I am so turned on all the time. Like you're not. <laughs> it's like then sh- that person, that archetype would find something else that they're not really known about don't really know much about and get almost obsessed over it. Cause it's like, mm. wait, what is this? Yeah. So that's a little dirty deep. Like <laughs> if you see anyone, oh, yeah. Like if you see anyone who's like super like enthralled with something, it's most likely because they had, there was, or, or, there was a gap. Yeah. So it's not like I was born with this like essence of sexuality. So know? even like exploring like your first kiss, watching porn, did all of that feel tab like super taboo to you or like did it feel it just felt really foreign because that wasn't yeah um I never like I remember the first time I masturbated was when I was yeah (laughs) and I'd ask women all this all the time I was like I remember yeah the first orgasm oh I love that yeah I would and then I would wait for my roommates how old are you I'd be like (laughs) not till I was probably 19 okay 20 yeah yeah. yeah, I was like 10 at my grandma's house. 10? At my grandma's house. <laughs> I didn't know. 10, or 10, 11, 12. Most people, most people, like, it's really common to find it when you're wow. young because you're just yeah. like, what is, what's my body? stories of, like, rubbing against stuff. Yeah, what, what is this but body? But I think you could have an orgasm. Yeah. Um, I was using her, my grandma's, like, back massager. <laughs> and, like, I was, I'm a runner. And so, like, even in, in sixth grade, I was a runner. So I was, like, massaging my body. And I went, like, that. And I was, like... Grandma, I'm taking this in my room. I got to massage my back out. Like, I remember that vividly. And she lived in Florida. So every time I flew to visit my grandparents, I was like, Grandma, where's that back massager I had? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Um, Would you, like, look forward to going to visit? Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I discovered the, like, uh, bathtub or the shower head because the one I had at my house, you could take off and you can turn. I'm like, my mom probably did that too. Like, I don't know. No, I think like, that's a thing. It's a hundred percent a thing. I'm like, thanks. Discovery. God. <laughs> um, but I don't think I really felt shame. It was something that like I hid. So there's shame. I think it's, right. that's the shame. Obviously I knew it wasn't right. I thought it was wrong. So mm-hmm. I would hide it. Um, but I, bec- I really think because I wasn't like super religious I didn't feel like I was like, like doing like I wasn't going to go to hell. Like I didn't right. have that blanket right. on me, but like culturally, I knew it was something you hid. Sure. So that that's the shame. Yeah. Yeah. So, college, and then yeah, man. So just to carry on that, like <laughs> college, my I had sex when I was eighteen. Oh, so that's another light bloomer. My first sexual experience was when I was eighteen. It happens when it happens. It happens when it was Fourth of July. I was drunk. It's very <laughs> just classic with someone that I would never it wasn't cute yeah um and 
then because that door opened for sex, it was like before not having sex was so normal because I never did. Mm-hmm. Like I would just make out. I was like a make out whore. I would, I would call myself in high school. It was so fun to just make out. I feel like that was a thing. It's I a thing. make out with a lot of guys. In I would be like, be I made like, out oh. with five guys last night. Like I like loved it. Why is that a thing? That's so funny. I mean, it's still making out so like. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I am super underrated. So underrated. But- so when I like had sex, it was like the gates opened up and I was like, oh, I can have sex now. Like it was right. almost like now I give myself the permission. And so, you know, college, that's what college was, was just like, I was in a sorority, you know, sorority having sex. to traveling the world. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always been a part of me is I love being a black sheep. Like I look for, I sout it out. Same. I was a sorority girl, but with blue hair and a, my tongue was pierced and my eyebrows pierced. What? Yeah. Okay. I and I see photos of this. Oh, it's, I was hot. You know what I'm saying? And I taught myself how to longboard because I did not want to be what a sorority girl stereotypically sure. is. You wanted um, to break the norm, like break the molds. 100%. I yeah. I chased that as well. Yeah. There's like a high to that. Yeah. So. It's an inner rebel thing. It's an me. inner rebel, <laughs> which is in my gene keys. So it makes sense. Um. But basically, I just, I went to, my first time I ever traveled was I worked in Yellowstone National Park when I was 19 as a busser. And that was like the moment where I was like, this, this, first of all, mountains exist. This is amazing. I was 19. But from Wisconsin. Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. (laughs) And. Same shit. Same, same. Midwest. (laughs) And I was like, this is exactly what I need to do. It was like my purpose in life was traveling mm. for all those years. I traveled from 19 to 27. And being like close to nature, like that was really- Hiking. I mean, Alaska. I'm like, even though I'm like BPE, <laughs> I'm like a barefoot motherfucking hippie. I love, yes. I have a hiking trail next to me. I walk barefoot on that hiking trail every morning, barefoot. Like that's like Sweet. how I start. Yeah. yeah. And that's why like I don't wear makeup. It's like, I need to bring Bertini into BPE. Yes. Um, big pussy energy. Yeah, big pussy energy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, so traveling was just, it hit me and I was like, the people you meet, you would never meet them in day-to-day life. I also need to say this. I went to Michigan State University, go Spartans, but I never, <laughs> the day I started university, I knew I was never going to do anything with a degree. Like I was not there <sighs> to be educated, which it's funny me they ask. In some ways, because I don't have that life. I did it to party and get away from it. I did it to be socially explorative. Mm. Like I was like, this is just an experience. Yeah, like I'm a very, I love life as an experience. Like what, what new experience can I have? Yeah. So when I went to school, like I had that mindset. And then when I f- discovered traveling, I was like, this is my purpose. And I just started traveling and I worked in different national parks. Um, I worked in Alaska which I know you're from. I worked in Denali and I worked in like Tahoe. And from there, after like serving wasn't fulfilling because I was serving. So even though I loved the concept, serving tables was not how I wanted to live my life. Yeah. My mom, because of the show Below Deck, it was airing on Bravo. It's been on for like 10 years. She said like, there's something called yachting. And Which she, your mom knew of the show because she, or knew of yachting. That's how you got into yachting? Is because of the show. show? Yeah, because my mom, you know, being a suburban mom, watches Bravo as one does. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a full circle, really. Wow. Yeah. And I started traveling on yachts, but I also, like, traveled the world by myself for 18 months. Like, I lived in hostels, and I lived in a van in New Zealand. Like, it was truly, my existence was being a nomad, and, like, being alone was also a big part of that. So what did your relationship with yourself and your body and sensuality look like over those years? Yeah, it well, in 
in yacht. So before in, that, it before yachting. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't really exist. It was more like my body was more of a vessel for someone to find me worthy for. Mm. So like sex was more of, oh, he chose me. Mm-hmm. Looking for worthiness, yeah. validation. Of course, at the yeah. time I didn't have that high, like my like right. consciousness. But um, yeah, like I, sensuality did not exist in my life. It was just sex. And I think that's a very common thing. And that's what yes, me don't. going into what I do is really been able, the more I go into it, the deeper the lines between sensual and sexual have become for me. Hmm. So I would say sensuality did not exist until like two years ago in my life, three years ago. Um, and sex was more of a An cultural thing. It was a physical act. Yeah. And were you having orgasms? Were you having pleasure in those experiences? Absolutely not. Yeah. It was, I remember like one time, like when I, this is like fast forwarding like three years ago when I had my like, I need a change, but like I was in a relationship and I remember I'd get headaches because I was like literally pushing an orgasm out, <laughs> like literally like a little birthing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's not a, like, and there's no validation at the end. It's just like a me. <laughs> but I would get headaches because that, it wasn't a body thing. It became a mental thing, like yeah. literally trying to push it out. And then it became like a tick for tack. Like I came, so you need to come. Or like I right. haven't come in two weeks. Or like I for the come. other person. Like like I got to do it so that they know that they oh, did a good Oh, my job. orgasms were all about the validation of my partners. It was never about my pleasure. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean. so much work to do in this space. There's, I mean, I'm sitting here saying like it's, there's still like remnants there for sure. Even oh, though yeah. I know how fucking, po- it's not about my worth and my power. It's about rewiring deep beliefs in my consciousness so it's so much more than it's somatic and it's also rewiring Mm -hmm. which is like the practice the journey yeah I find it really difficult to navigate being like submissive in the bedroom versus making sure that I'm doing it for me and not super deep beliefs about that pleasure is for the man and it's also challenging when we grow up and are ingrained with porn as our first reference point where it's all about the man Mm -hmm. and his orgasm and there's not a whole lot of like female orgasms being a priority or important so it's it's a lot of work to advocate for your pleasure and like start bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. How do you advocate? I'm more, I mean, for me, I feel like it's been practice, like do anything enough and it just becomes comfortable and normal. Um, I can only come from toys Mm -hmm. at, at this point in time. And so like, it's much more normal for me to be like, okay, I'll let the person know that usually before, like, and, but it, feels it still feel there's still uncomfortable wiring of like bringing out a toy and mm. being like now it's my time um and I've had a lot of men's default reactions when I say I can only come with a toy be we'll see about that literally like they think they're, they're oh dead. my god and they then they're like they're let me strap <laughs> up here let me be like the hero yes and it's like I've had to have conversations where I'm like okay well that's actually not about me anymore that's about your own validation shit because yeah, um, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable now being like I need a toy. This is what I do. Um, I usually like to come first so the other person can continue to be in the zone. Turn me on. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, so pleasure. Where were we? Sex, yachting. Yeah. <laughs> so your mom told you about it. You were feeling burnt out on busing or 
serving yeah and how did that how did applying for the show go and how did that transition well happen? yeah so I actually was in yachting for three years before I even applied for the show oh, okay. like it was my career okay right like I'm my mom really wanted me to be on the show like the second I was certified in yachting but I was like 22 so <laughs> I was 22 imagine a 22 year old being in Miami making money that like is oh, ridiculous boy. for a 22 year old having yep. no rent to pay no like food to pay for so you live on the yacht I live on the yacht everything's even my razors are paid for by the you know, owner of the yacht like everything Damn. so you're just making money and I'm just like yeah. you know living the fucking lifestyle <laughs> and I knew at that point in my life I was like I am not who I want to show up as on TV right now mm. so I took like I was like I'm just gonna ride the wave but of, it seems like, like you're confident you'd like get on the show like the whole time oh yeah I mean I was like I wasn't like <laughs> I wasn't really like I need to be on the show, but I was like, if it if it's something I want to do, do I would do it for yeah. sure. And I always, yeah. man, when I was in college, I tried out for the real world. I've always wanted to be on a reality show. Yeah. Um. So applying when I three years later after I traveled the world by myself and I actually, um, this is like in the middle of my sensual journey. Like I already like woke up oh. to sensual embodiment. At this what do you point. mean by waking up? What happened? So, so when I was traveling the world, I was traveling the world for 18 months. I didn't have an end date. It just ended up being 18 months. So I was like backpacking by myself. I was in Central America, South America. I did my I did yoga teacher training in the Sacred mm -hmm. Valley, Peru. Mm -hmm. So it was Beautiful. like a very spiritual, like shamanic experience. Somatic? Um, no, shamanic. Wait. Shamatic. Shaman, like a Shaman. shaman. Shamanic. Shamanic. I'll try to not correct your cue <laughs> through our podcast. Thea has to do that That's for really me cute. sometimes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I put two words together sometimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was in this like really deep spiritual experience. Um, and I had this deep like desire. I was like, God, there's just like something in me that wants to be like, I just want to know myself on a deeper level. Like mm -hmm. I want to feel this alive, like this unlocking that only a partner, this is what I said, only mm -hmm. a partner mm -hmm. could unlock. Like I just was like, that's, that's the, he, this potential partner has the key to unlock me to my, a lot to like the depths of me, my you aliveness. Yourself. Mm -hmm. So I had this, like, I was like really manifesting. I was like, I want to have a partner where I can be live in a van together with like deep <laughs> manifesting so i'm now like a month later i'm in columbia and i meet a guy mm -hmm. a guy meets me really i was in a hostel and this man like was like i like you like so forward he was british and um i just really loved one the attention because i didn't really have sex this whole time or any like sensual sexual experience with a, a man for like me traveling mm -hmm. And he was older. He was, like I said, British. Like, that accent will get you. Love an accent. And he was also, like, working a really, like, stable, like, corporate job. Like, stability. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was only in Colombia for, like, a week. Like, he wasn't a nomad like me. Um, and so just, like, the difference intrigued me. Sure. And we hung out for, like, a day and two And I knew I didn't like him. Mm. But I, I played it as I did. Because mm -hmm. I just, I really wanted to have that, the idea of who he could be in my life. He like really. represented safety. Or he represented the key mm. of like, oh, maybe he, maybe I'll find pleasure and like aliveness. And like I said, I didn't orgasm with partners before and I was really wanting to experience like deep pleasure. Yeah. So I was like, 
in a relationship. That's where I'm going to find my liveness, my climax, my, that like tantric love is in a relationship. And so like I met him and long story short, he goes to back to the UK. I keep traveling, but we keep staying in touch. We're actually emailing and we Mm. create a relationship long distance. Oh, wow. And now I'm in New Zealand, right? Like I'm constantly traveling. So now I'm in New Zealand. I live in a van and he and I were calling each other like every day for like an hour. But you said you didn't like him? I didn't like him. But then like my intuition was like, no, this is not it. You were kind of like set though. Like this is a person like. I was, I wanted it so bad. My intuition was like, no, but I wanted it. Not him the idea of who he was in my life. Mm-hmm. And we ended up becoming a partnership, even though we were like long distance. We met for two days, but then we were wow. long distance and started a relationship in five months. And while I was in New Zealand, we were creating this relationship. I'm now able to look back. At the time, I didn't realize it, but more and more of me was like leaving. Mm-hmm. Like I became really dull. My like I was very disconnected from myself. I was, I didn't know at the time, but I look back and I'm like, oh, I think I was depressed. I just didn't have any idea. And I, it was because all my my days were filled with anxiety. And the one hour that we could talk, I was like, okay. There's like a longing element. Oh, it's deep Because I'm working on some internal shit right now of my desire to like find emotionally unavailable people. So people that live far away or like are just there, there's some suffering to it and I find Mm. that like when you're dating somebody long distance it's it creates that it's like a push and pull and can feel well yeah I was basically creating my own version of him in my head because we only talked for an hour a day I even though I met him is for two days so I know what he looks like I know he's a good person like safety wise but like who he was as an individual I mean he probably did too it's hard not to like we were creating idolized versions of ourselves yes Long story short, I was so like disconnected and unhappy. I chose to sell my van and I moved to the UK to live with him. What? Yeah. I don't know this about you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Does this have anything to do with Peru or were you past no, Peru? No. Okay. Peru was just like that moment of like, I want a relationship. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So now I'm in All this right. relationship. I'm like, oh my God, Damn. I'm living with him. I'm get, I have everything that I think I want. And I'm it's like there. A checklist kind yeah. Of thing. He is everything that on paper I would want. Yeah. But there was like, there, there was no emotional connection. There was, but it was because I wanted it. It was like this want. Attachment. It was a force. Yeah. Too. Oh, I, was, I became, so I'm in, I'm in the UK. I'm living with him and he's working a nine to five job. I'm doing nothing. I can't work. I'm Sounds just literally. Like a disaster or like a, I'm just like living a there. recipe for like mental Oh, for sure. Burnout, losing it. <laughs> yeah, I just Too remember I was so lost, so lost. And I stayed for five months. I COVID's part of the story, but mm. I can tell you right now, no, even if COVID didn't hit, I'd, I would have stayed. Like for me, COVID's not, is not part of it. COVID hit, he and I moved into, like he didn't work. So he worked with like together in the house. Um, is this after Below Deck? No, this is before. Okay. Damn, all right. yeah. And I kept pushing my flight like I could have left. That's why it's like, it's not, I didn't stay because of COVID. I stayed because I wanted to. What was intimacy like for you guys? It was a tick for tack. Yeah. It was a tick for tack. He, for me, I can only say my view is like, he filled the, I was like, 
I have a boyfriend. We say I love you to each other. So that must mean this is what love is like. This is what me, this is what sex is like. Like I was literally learning everything in this relationship. But I, instead of like trusting my intuition, I was just, I literally thought my intuition was childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, and what? How were you connected to your intuition? My intuition time? was like, I was, I don't like think it was I was. a quiet little voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more like every two weeks it got to the, a point where I would cry to him and be like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I Tell me that you love me. Or, or no, tell me that I love you. I had to make him tell me that I loved him because I was like, I know I love you, but something inside of me is telling oh. me I don't, which is my intuition. Oh. <laughs> but at oh. the time I was like, I blamed it on my mom and my father, like not, showing love to each other and like for me not That's knowing true. what love I was did this in my last relationship too you're making me think of something like i, I it's was gaslighting every yourself. once in a while i would like cry and have yeah. a breakdown and i'd watch eat pray love and be like what the <laughs> fuck am i doing with my life and there's this little quiet voice yeah but like i thought i was asexual like truly yeah because i there was a disconnect in our um relationship there but yeah, it was like the quiet little voice all the time. And it's it's crazy how when you're out of it, it's like I can see it so clearly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so to wrap it all up, because I it's such a I, – I need to find a better way to – No, you're doing great. Like, like a, <laughs> a condensed story. But um, I basically, even though I was like detached and depressed in New Zealand, I became – In the U.K.? No, well, I left New Zealand because I was like depressed, yeah. thinking that if I go to the UK, right. I'll have everything I want. And I get still there, still, still there with yourself, lost, even more lost, even more disconnected, like crying every two weeks, having my partner tell me that I love him because I don't know, like, yeah, that's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. And I had no girlfriends with me because I was alone traveling. Like n- there was no family. Like it was just me. Um, well, when we, we come from kind of, I don't know if broken's the right word, households and childhoods, it's like we don't have that role model. So what we look to is like fairy tale shit. So like we 100%. have literally no reference point. I My mean, reference point was Disney yes. movies yes. and music videos. And you had no past movies. relationships to base it on. I had one, but that was like a platonic yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, so I finally decided that, okay, after like months and months and months of pushing my flight, I had a flight booked, but I would oh push God. it. I decided to go back and I knew that me leaving was us ending the relationship because I was so, I was so empty. That's the best way to explain it. Like so empty. And he, unfortunately, to this day has no idea who Bertini really is Mm. because he never met me. He met a version of me that I thought I needed to be or a version of me that I was trying to be, but like, it wasn't me. Yeah. And I remember I left the airport of, and then that was it. And that, and we never talked since. Bye. (laughs) That was three years ago. Yeah. And he's a huge part of my life because of then when I got home, I had this America. Yeah. When I went back and went to Michigan, uh, first time in 18 months and I had this realization that I've been looking for pleasure outside myself. Like to me mm-hmm. at that time, it was orgasm. I was looking for orgasms outside myself. I need to find good sex within me. And that's when I started. So then my intuition, and I'm really good. I know how to connect to myself. Before my partner and I met, I was very connected. Like I said, I was on a spiritual path. Like it wasn't like I didn't know how. I know how to reconnect to myself. And so I 
like really hermited. I like got really involved in my own life. I like worked and I worked out and I read David Data, which is like um, his biggest book is like Way of a Superior Man, but he has so many books about masculine feminine energies. And that was what I was really involved mm-hmm. with. I really wanted to understand who am I as the feminine? Who is the feminine energy? Because that was a huge thing, a huge wounding in my life. Like working on yachts in the past, I would try to be more masculine to fit in. So I was like, who am I as a woman? And that was really my journey of like, I bought crystal wands, which is what connected me more to my pleasure versus like climax. Mm-hmm. And what I need to say about all this is that one night I was in my mom's like house in my brother's old childhood bedroom, which is what our guest room was now. And I just remember I was intuitively like touching, like softly touching my body. And like, that was a practice I would do intuitively, just like touch really slowly my whole body, candles lit, music was playing. And then like my intuition was like dance in front of the mirror. Now, the mirror is not like just right there. Like I had to stand up on a desk chair and the mirror was like a small little face mirror up above the wall. So it wasn't like, oh, let me just walk over. It was like I had to intentionally stand up on a desk. And I remember I was naked and I just started moving in front of the mirror like really soft or really slow and sexy. And in that moment, I was, I recognized I was turning myself on Mm -hmm. in ways that I never was able to be turned on by a, a partner. And in that moment, I saw that aliveness and that mm. that like unlocking. Yeah. That I what was does turned on mean to you in that experience. You said you were turning yourself on. alive, like power and aliveness. It's like turned I, on. Yeah, my it's I call it my, like I saw my power mm. from within. Okay, and that was really that night in front of the mirror was the, the breakthrough. The breakthrough and. That's really where BPE, Big Post Energy, was birthed. Yeah. But like it wasn't until like three years later where I actually realized. But since that, like since that day, that's I've where been, the energy was birthed. That's I mean, where the energy I've gone was to birthed. your in-person dance classes where there's a lot of self-touching and dancing and sensuality. And the energy that I have left with and that everyone leaves with is Big Pussy energy. And that is what happened that night for you. You know, yeah. you created that that feeling that you now create for other people. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's powerful. I mean, the first time I went to your class, like I I cried because it was so challenging and intense to touch myself in that way. I went to another class from another facilitator recently. It was another woman's first time. She cried. It's intense. Yeah. And now when I've gone to some of your more recent stuff, it's it's the power. It's the turn on. Yeah. It's a shift, but it's really hard for women to break through that. Yeah, and now you're going to booby brunch. So that's like a whole nother level. Can't wait. Unlocking, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So was that a practice that you started like that day and then just rolled with? Like, Yeah, it's, I don't, okay, I call it sensual embodiment. I'm pretty sure that is probably a thing, but there's no like course I took. Um, I didn't learn it from anyone. It was just, Oh, like me moving my body for yeah. for me. So that's that's yes. the big thing that turned things around for me. And then what I teach with BPE, it's like, yeah, you can talk. This can help your sex life. It can help you and your partner. It can help your love life. It can it's help. Not about that, but it's not about yeah. that. It's all about that. you. So I do strip teasing, for example. Like I strip tease for myself all the time for me. It's for me. Stretch. For yeah, me. Like, in front like of the mirror. The thing- 
I feel like it's so hard for women to like have that connect of just sitting in the mirror and looking at themselves because we have, I mean, I don't want a blanket statement. There's a lot of work to be done with self-love in yeah. general. And so like doing a strip tease for yourself or a lap dance or these things you teach, it's like even just realizing what it brought up and me thinking about doing that for myself. Well, speaking about body, this is so, this is like not even part of my platform, but like, or BPE. And it's something I just forgot. I used to have a really poor relationship with food. So I used to like, I don't know, trigger warning, I don't know. I used to um, like binge and purge mm. in, it started like in, in senior year of high school and then freshman, sophomore year of college. And I, it wasn't like bulimia, it was just only if I binged, I would mm. then purge. Like I knew, okay, I'm, I'm binging, okay, I'm gonna purge. And so there was a poor relationship with food that I had. And that, so that binge and purge kind of like, I stopped that. But the the relationship with food didn't really change. Like I was still like, I didn't feel safe. I didn't trust myself with like what to Compulsive eat. and Yeah. Like I just yeah. didn't know how to move in this world and not think about what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, life happens and I I start BPE and I was like, huh, that's so weird. I just I feel like I grew out of it. I just grew out of like mm. this like poor relationship with food. And then I go back to my journals right around the same time I started BPE and I was still having a compulsive mindset back then or not BPE when I felt the energy of BPE. Yeah. And I, it hit me. I was like, oh my God, sensual embodiment. Basically what I do in BPE is what was, was what made me become really connected to my body mm. and made me not care about food anymore. And it actually now, I don't think about food at all. I'm actually like, I, I don't know, I guess an intuitive eater. I eat whatever sure. the fuck I want. And I never was like that until like well, three years ago. And I honestly thought I just grew out of it because I wasn't trying to fix it. Yeah. Instead, I just was like, I was not loving my body because I had to. I was loving my body because I was like, that's what felt good. Well, and like binge eating and eating certain things is very much pleasure seeking. Yeah. So like I've been exploring my relationship with a lot of shit with a recent ADHD diagnosis and it's like it's 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 seeking comfort. Yeah. It's seeking a high and seeking something. And so it's interesting that you had that shift when you're like I'm creating the pleasure and the high within my own body. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I mean, sometimes I forget how cool it is cuz I'm so like up <laughs> close to it, but it's true oh, like yeah. taking an hour to just massage coconut oil on your body can be so healing and it's that simple. Yeah. I mean, you're really making me think back to the first class I went to of yours. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, what got you there? Did we know each other? I don't, well, yeah, yeah, we knew each other. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just remembering the first time, because like I dove head first and all of the kink and sex stuff like just literally a year ago. And so remembering how uncomfortable I was it was eyes closed so you didn't have to worry about like you know people looking at you or judging you but self-touch felt really uncomfortable for me and stretchy because in the past my body touching myself or being touched was simply something that Mm. other people did Mm. to me um, or it was done 
to sexualize myself for someone else. It's all very external. And so, I mean, exactly the core of what you teach is like doing this for myself. Yeah. And it was just, it was a really beautiful experience. And then, like I said earlier, like jumping forward to a few classes later of feeling really fucking hot doing it. Yeah. And how quickly that transformation can happen. Yeah. Um, So for anybody listening, watching, like it's, Truly, we can maybe get people your playlist somehow. Put oh, on a yeah. fucking playlist. I have a good playlist. And dance in the mirror, put on some lingerie. Like, it's if you need to shift the energy, it's powerful. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that too, because I know you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, this is the thing BPE, Big Pussy Energy, is not a destination, it's a journey. Life, I'm a human. We're all like, life is meant to, like, kind of roller coaster you that's the whole journey yep so just because I have you know just because you're like oh now I can like I know my power like it's a journey of like connecting to that power when you're disconnected our world is really set up to disconnect you from your power especially women how our society is set up and so like when I feel really disconnected from myself like I've been like I recently was in a season where I felt really disconnected from myself Mm. and it was really jarring and what I would do would it wouldn't fix it. We're not here to fix things. Right. We're trying to make the lows not feel so intense. Instead, just kind of smooth it out a bit. Remember your power. Remember this is just a season. Remember that you're gonna get through it. Strip teasing. Is how you got through your dark night of the soul this year. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> there was a lot of support in that. Yeah. I'm 28. So the Mercury, whatever, Saturn return <laughs> fucking <laughs> swooped my ass up. Yeah. Um, and it sounds so, it sounds so like, but yeah, that is, it's not like strip teasing. It is fucking yourself with your own eyes. I fucking yourself is what I call it in the mirror. And just connecting to your soul mm. while you're like slowly <laughs> taking it off, taking it off. There is a sense of remembrance mm. that happens. Power. Which is your I power. I mean, that's the first word that came to my mind, thinking of myself doing that. And it's not power yeah. that was given to you. Like I say in, in those classes, I didn't give you this power. You didn't walk in and I handed you something. It's, it. it's within you. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a remembrance because it's always there. <sighs> it's in us right now. It's just sometimes there's a blanket covering it and like sometimes physically shedding things off. I mean, I'm yeah. telling you, when a woman does something that's a little outrageous, <laughs> she's going to get turned on. <laughs> yes. We love outrageous um, shit. Well, I mean, it's also like I think connecting to that is also breaking through a lot of you said a blanket a lot of those layers of like we're not in general as women growing up where you are taught to be um kind of meek and submissive and feminine and um not to cause a scene not to be dramatic Mm -hmm. not to be crazy all these things and so there's I think that for women, there's like um, sex, like saying I am sexual, I am hot. Like those things are kind of shoved down as like, oh, you're being too confident or cocky or whatever you might be. Oh, bragging. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> like help me out here. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. A, that's a huge thing in BPE is we brag. 
Mm-hmm. Not only are we bra- so bragging is such a funny word. Like there's literally a yeah. word in the dictionary that's I can't tell you the like actual definition, but it's like <laughs> like I can't. In the dictionary. It's in the dictionary, <laughs> but it's about like saying something gluttonous. I don't think gluttonous. that's gluttonous. And it's like basically it's what I see bragging as from a social aspect is like when someone shares something that's too big mm. and it, it makes the other person feel small. So that's what a brag is. So like if I told Ooh. someone I made a million dollars, but they made a million dollars, that's not a brag. That's just like pure sharing, whatever. Mm. But if I tell someone I made a million dollars- It's and about somebody else's comfort level. It's about someone else's comfort level. Exactly. Yeah. So why does that have to do with anything with me? Right. So that's why in BP we brag. Okay. But we also brag because women are not used to- celebrating our light and mama gina yes. says brag is just celebrating your truth that's mm. really what a brag is it's kind of like i'm thinking i'm associating also with the word slut which i'm trying to change this the stigma around that word okay. like i don't want it to mean the same thing that people think it means just like bragging when i think of bragging i automatically think of a negative somebody's mm-hmm. somebody I'm, I'm thinking that like of a narcissistic person bragging like i'm not just thinking of somebody bragging you know mm-hmm. um and this continues to be a stretch for me to like say the shit I've accomplished. Yeah. Like when people find out I sold a company at 25, they're like, what the, why don't, well <laughs> bragged. Hold on, let's practice. They're like, say no. brag. <laughs> they're like, why don't you talk about this? I was at Kim Kardashian CBD baby shower. Well um, <laughs> bragged. See, this is the thing. We don't brag as a society because like I said, the other person, we're afraid how the other person takes it. So not only do we in BPE, practice bragging to practice celebrating our truth we yeah. also use celebration as a receiving mm. so while you were bragging that you went to kim k's baby shower <laughs> i responded well bragged yeah celebrate I'm it upriding you i'm celebrating you because when another woman expresses her bigness it mm-hmm. doesn't make me feel small if anything it expands me of like okay that's possible or like fuck yeah i'm trying to think about why it's uncomfortable for me to say those things like on a deeper level it's very interesting for me i think it's about it's the, the other person uncomfortable it's the response yeah. cuz like what is the person in our culture we're not really taught when someone says something about themselves mm-hmm. as a celebration like oh that's awesome good for it's like good for you it's usually like or the other thought pattern is not wanting you to think I'm wanting you to think I'm still like a good, nice person mm-hmm. instead of like you fit in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so that's a whole nother mm, pillar. There's a lot to unpack. But yeah, she has uh you have a WhatsApp group for BPE community. And I think today I saw a brag about an orgasm. I was like, okay, we're bragging. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bragging. Okay. So you had your orgasm or not your orgasm <laughs> you had your mirror striptease big pussy energy breakthrough yeah and let's go let's jump to the show and then to now okay so yeah that was like that big breakthrough was like in 2020 and then I went back and I worked in yachting and I so I had this knowledge in my body and in myself um, reading more David Day, got then I got really immersed in podcasts about feminine energy and um, did a few things, and then I just I oh, so I read a book by David Day. It's my favorite book. It's like my Bible. It's okay. Intimate Communion. Hmm. It's like that book that changed my life. And in it, it's a talk, like I said, it talks about masculine feminine energies, and he talks about how not only are we because we all have the masculine and feminine, but also like geo 
geographically, there's masculine feminine energies. So like he used New York as an example of a very masculine energy space. Obviously people are going from A to B very fast. The buildings are strong. Yeah, results. But Hawaii was his example of the feminine. Ocean waves are very feminine. The like everyone's on island time. That slowness, <laughs> you know, flowy, and the the fruits luscious and like so different, juicy. two different universes. And so he was talking about that all the time in this book. And <laughs> I was on this feminine journey. And so I went I, after this. I worked on a boat for six weeks. And after the six weeks were done, I was like, I'm going to live in Hawaii. And so I moved to Hawaii and lived there for two months on a farm. I worked on an organic farm. And that's when I decided that, okay, I'm going to do below deck. And so it's time. It's time. So <laughs> I applied and I pretty much got in. It's honestly, it's pretty easy when you think about it because one, you have to like the pool of people they need to choose from is really small. There's like five different below decks now. So there's like 50 new below deck people every Jeez. year. And they have to be someone who wants to be on a reality TV show. So that's one right. thing. And, and then be able they, to do the job. And they have to be a yachty. Yeah, but you were the first woman. So. On Below Deck Down Under. Maybe you need to brag. Maybe you need to brag. I mean, it's like, <laughs> below, there's so many below, there's, it's 10 years. So I was the first season Fine. Below Deck Down Under. <laughs> so yes, I was the first female deck <laughs> Below Deck Down Under. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was actually pretty easy to get on. Um, and I flew to Australia. But let me tell you, that was... I was playing very nice girl in that. Mm. I I was really afraid. I on did, camera and off camera, or yeah, I mean it was the same. I wasn't like different. I mean it's a reality show, so it's twenty four hours. I didn't want to get fired. I didn't want to be well because I knew it was a TV show. I didn't want to be the bad guy, even though I don't fucking like, think I could ever about be how you're going to show up. Yeah, if, or per- be perceived. Yeah, it's scary. Which I still was super authentic. I mean they cut out so much of the things that like show my personality. <laughs> they just keep like the storyline. Yeah. But I know if I didn't give a fuck, I would have been a lot more vocal in certain things. But I really, I didn't want my bosun to not like me. I did. Uh, captain? N- no, he's like in charge of the deckhand and then mm. the bosun listens to the captain. So even though I was still super off, who I was at the time, because that was two years ago, the filming, I was very authentic. I was not... Disauthentic, or like not inauthentic. Inauthentic, thank you. <laughs> Disauthentic. Um, you come up with some good shit. I know. We go <laughs> add them. Um, but I do know that there was parts of me that did not want to, like, be seen as bitchy. So you had already had this breakthrough. Yeah. What was your relationship with sensuality? I mean, I think you were like sharing a cabin, right? And stuff. But like, yeah, with, oh yeah. It has to be alone. But I just, I'm just curious. Did I, that kind of get shut down or boxed away in a, in a sense? Um, n- no, because I would dance. Da- movement is like my form. I mean, that's yeah. how you can really connect your sensuality is through movement. So I would move and dance like on mornings that we didn't have to work mm-hmm. um I mean on the show you'll you see that I'm like really trying to get with Culver which is like a deckhand and mm. that's something that you know at the time it was more like that that was experiencing I was like I'm on a fucking round show if I want to like hook up with someone let's fucking do it you know yeah. but like looking at it like I also see that I wasn't really taking account of like my worth like I was mm. really just almost like the first guy. Yeah. 
This had a different or, undertone because it's right. more like for like the experience. Yeah. It wasn't for validation. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just so interesting to like watch because the show came out a year after we filmed. And was I with you for the, your first time watching it? I don't. I've heard of your house for no. Something. I had a premiere party. LOL. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Austin two months earlier, and like I had a premiere party. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. It wasn't shut down. It was just at its. I was just in a. I mean, I'm still maturing. But it was just at a very early stage. It was for me. And it was me. being broadcast. It yeah. Was like there was this extra layer. Yeah. It was only for me, but I also wanted to share. It was someone who wasn't wanting to share it with me. Yeah. And I didn't really see that. I wasn't aware of that at that time. Yeah. And then we got put in touch and you're like, I want to build a brand. Yeah. <laughs> so basically how this, is that where you want to go? Like how this all came about? Yeah. yeah we got a few more minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, I would love just to like talk about like women Real Please. quick. Yeah, like like what we were just like full circle it is that our society has really and it as you can hear from all the examples of my life of like looking for a partner for me to experience my aliveness. And then, you know, when I zoom out traveling, even though it was such a passion, I loved it. Um trying to find. I was trying to search for excitement and like contentment and happiness and purpose outside myself and really this journey of finding your power within is really what bpe is all about this week girl let me tell you (laughs) dude let me tell you yeah it doesn't end it's my biggest wound of finding my power within and that's why i'm guiding other women i mean i think it's a huge wound our our culture is a victim culture where it's a lot easier. Like women are really taught to um, socialize through gossiping or socialize through like, oh, this sucks. You know, like, can you even imagine? You know, like (laughs) just to socialize with the negatives Mm -hmm. instead of like seeing that, no, actually I'm really, instead of bragging and building each other up and bringing like, when I raise, you raise. When I rise, you rise. So that's really what, not only are you stepping into your power, but you're giving the women next to you to step into their power permission as well. thousand percent. I mean, you've given me permission in confidence and sensuality and it's, it's huge. And I think that negative self-talk is such patterning and conditioning. Yeah. Um, and dropping into your body through movement, whether, you know, sensual or not is, is such a way to connect to that, that power. Yeah. Um, and, I will say, like, that negative self-talk, if unless you're, like, Buddha, it's not going away. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So it's, like, having the tools that can support you in, in like, do you turn a song on for three minutes and, like, your your mind will be blown. It can change your world. It can literally change your world. And yeah. it's about giving yourself the permission to look and be sexy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I really, I want to talk really quickly about the opposite. I don't know if it's the opposite, but there's, there's a dichotomy there of rage. So, <laughs> yeah. So I went to a rage ceremony of yours a few weeks ago and it was really fucking powerful. Yeah. We were in a circle, a group of women and there was screaming and pillow hitting and there was fucking release and like catharsis and, um, for me, a purging, like I was crying really intensely. And it was, it wasn't 
I felt this almost weird guilt on my way there of like, I don't have anything to be super angry about right now. Like, what am I going to, what am I going to be angry about at this ceremony? Mm -hmm. And I don't even, it wasn't rage, but it was like suppressed emotions and suppressed anger and rage um, that I had never, that wasn't comfortable to express because of my own trauma, society, women, we, whatever, we're going to go cry to our girlfriends about it behind closed doors. It brought up so much. And so how did you begin exploring that? Was that, that was more recently? Yeah. Um, really like, it's so interesting, like sensuality when I like dove into it. Yes. That's one side of the feminine that we need to reclaim in our society is our sensuality, our sexuality. For us. For us. And then the other side is the, the, the other range. I would I don't say want emotional it. release. Yeah. Like emotional feeling like. It's allowing yourself to have. in our emotions. Exactly. That you don't need to be afraid of. I don't like to use the word darkness because it seems so voidy and heavy, but like <laughs> not being afraid of your emotions mm-hmm. in all scales, right? If I told someone like, you're not allowed to be happy because that's really uncomfortable. It's like, what? <laughs> but anger is, the ex- right. is is just another human emotion or like, yeah. or like frustration or just like, Ugh, you know? Well, and in the circle, so many of us women connected on the fact that after we have like a little anger, rage experience at home, shame comes up. Like, so if I kind of like lose my shit, which is even not a good way to word it, but that's how it feels. Like I feel out of control of my emotions. I'm angry. I'm crying. Um, and then afterwards it's kind of like, whoa, like there's this other voice. It's like, whoa, that was too much. That too, was too much, much of a reaction. Yep, and then much. guilt and shame about, I thing. want even if I'm much-ness. alone, completely alone yeah. having this experience. Yeah. Yeah. I want your too muchness. And yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> the whole range of the too muchness is beautiful. Yeah. Because if you live in the middle, it's dull. It's everyone. It's what we've been conditioned. It's the too muchness is the full range of who you actually are. And I think you're doing a great job of representing all of that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, what would you say to somebody who wants to jump into their exploring their big pussy energy playlist dance? Yeah. S- give yourself the permission to be sexy. I think it's really easy to like be really like giggly. Like you said, everything you do is by yourself. Like when you rage originally, it was like, oh my God, I have so much shame, but I'm alone. And right, like, um, judging me. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so there's do it alone so that there's physically no one there. But I, I'm aware, I've experienced where I'm, I hear the voices in my head that are like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Like, give yourself the permission to slowly take your shirt off in front of the mirror with a song. And maybe that's it. Got a bit of plans tonight. Yeah. <laughs> now I do. Got plans. Yeah. So I would just say like my biggest tool is my mirror. Like that is my, t- I have a room dedicated for my mirror. It's a, it's a sexy room. It is. Big pussy energy room. It is. Def. So music, a mirror. And if you're like, I don't have any of that, then just literally. Touch your body. Touch your body. <laughs> yeah. I was just, just going to say that. Put your hand on your forearm slowly for three minutes with a timer so that there's like like watching you yeah and then like when you're like 30 seconds in go even slower slowing down slowing down that's something i took from your classes because even moving i was like trying to go fast yeah like we're like oh down half pace when we slow down you receive more Hmm. that's true in a lot of in a lot of ways and and you can take that in every 
in your business, when you slow down, you receive more. In your relationship, when you slow down, like in everything, but yeah. even in physical touch, really it's all about how much pleasure can I get in this moment? Self-induced. Yeah. Self-created. Yeah. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my I God. chatting with you. You're welcome. <laughs> can I twerk? Um, yes. You can, twerk. you can twerk while I read the <laughs> outro. I don't know if you're going to be in the camera. Okay. <laughs> she teaches twerk workshops we also too. Twerk. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for tuning into Sex Talk Radio. Be sure to get. <laughs> thank you so much if you're listening. She's twerking. Um, thank you so much for tuning into Sex Talk Radio. Be sure to give us a follow on TikTok and IG at Sex Talk Radio Podcast, spelled S E G G S. I appreciate you, and I hope you found this conversation to be empowering and expansive. You can find Bertini Burton at Bertini Burton or BigPussyEnergy.co. Woo! Thank you, Thea. (laughs)